Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buffalo Bills look unstoppable. The Cincinnati Bengals look terrible. Jimmy G is back in San Fran. And uh, Tom Brady's uh, road this season got a little bit tougher heading into week three. Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, an eventful, an eventful week two. But you know where I'm going to start this podcast off, Tyler. You know where I'm going to start this off. Uh, where I have no idea. <laughs> you, you, you know, you have you have a little idea. I feel like you have a little bit of idea. Here, no, Tyler. no, I don't. You're going to talk about maybe that Tom Brady versus uh, Aaron Rodgers this week. You're going to talk. Uh, about, I don't know about that one. Um, the NBA training camp coming up. Like what? NBA, oh, <laughs> it's a football podcast. <laughs> well, what what do you what what are you going to talk about? I have a couple questions for you, Tyler. Who, who's who's the NFL uh, passing yards leader through through two weeks, Tyler? Do you know? Um, it should be the Ravens secondary. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, th- I think you're dodging a question. Let me get another one question for you. Who's okay. the NFL leader in passing touchdowns uh, through two weeks, Tyler? Do you do you know? Um, I think that is again the uh, Ravens secondary. Oh, Tyler, I just need you to say two lovely words, two lovely words. It's Tua Tungavailoa. Wow, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tyler. Tyler, Tua and the Dolphins put the NFL on notice last week in their breakthrough victory, a 42-38 comeback over Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Tyler, you're shaking your head. You're so disgusted with the Ravens' secondary. You're so disgusted by me, ready to just talk nothing but Tua on this entire podcast. But uh, Tyler, you already know what I'm going to say about these <laughs> Dolphins. So I want to I want to kick it off to you first. Let's get an outsider's perspective. Let's get an unbiased perspective. Thank you on how the Dolphins. Thank you. The, how the Dolphins performed in Week Two against the Ravens. The only objective uh, person on this podcast when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. Um, yes, I, yes, I, I yes, do yes. give them credit now. That that comeback was a fierce comeback, and you know, shout out to Tua and shout out to Mike McDaniel. They deserve wow, credit, but out. especially uh, Waddle and Tyree Kill. They were exceptional. Uh, however, I am so disappointed in the Ravens secondary. They made oh, Tua Tyler. look like Dan Marino, and they <laughs> Tua is not Dan Marino. He was passing, like shredding them on Sunday, and it was. Come on. I mean, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, Marcus Williams. Baltimore, what's up? Lamar Jackson had a historic game, and it still wasn't enough. That Baltimore defense should be ashamed of themselves for making Tua look like Dan Marino. But they won the game. I'll give credit where credit's due. I know that has to feel good for Tua because he has a whole lot of naysayers including myself. I don't think uh-huh. he's a, a very good quarterback. I think he's average, but I don't think he's elite by any stretch of imagination. But he did play good, so I'm going to give him credit. However, we're going to see this week when they play the Bills. Oh, we're going to see, see this week, week yes. when they we play will the definitely Bills. See. We will see this week when they play the Bills. Yes, Tal, you're, you're 1,000% correct. Look, I think this game did so much more for the day one Tua fans, the day one people who believe he was going to be that quarterback he was at Alabama in the NFL. (laughs) Me, go ahead, say me again. Yeah, you. Um, Safadine, yes. You know, this did this did a lot for 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 Tua and and for himself too, man. I mean, look, like you said, everybody has wondered: is he able to lead an NFL franchise? Can he elevate himself into the top 
15, top 10 of an NFL quarterback to lead the Dolphins anywhere, anywhere. I mean, it's been a long time, and they haven't been in the postseason much in the last 22 years, all right? Um, this game was a great game for Tua Tonga-Wailoa. I mean, the second half was a great game for Tua Tonga-Wailoa. The first half, he had two interceptions. Right. Even those, even those interceptions had some air yards. I know everybody wants to see air yards. I've never even heard the word air yards before until Tua Tungabailoa came around, Tyler. Oh it's my. it's sad. <clears throat> I've never heard about I've never seen so many uh quarterbacks um who who's slowing down, right? Receivers slowing down for the football. I felt like Tua was the only one doing that, but other quarterbacks throw some footballs like that too, where the receivers slow down, catch the football, then score the touchdown. That happened in this game too. But Tyler, the Miami Dolphins, they had Jalen Waddle last season. They went out and got Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and the whole thing about two at Alabama was he has so many good players around him that you don't know how good of a player he is on his own. Right. Well, the recipe to using two as a quarterback is to surround him with good players so he can put them in positions to win. Um, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, both had 11 catches, both had two touchdowns, both had more than 150 yards. They were the first pair of teammates in NFL history oh my goodness. to have at least 10 catches, 150 yeah. yards, and two touchdowns in a game. Yes, stop. So I have four touchdowns in the fourth oh, quarter, Tyler. Four touchdowns. He had five touchdowns in the second half. You know, your favorite quarterback, Justin Herbert, you know, he didn't have five touchdowns in a game ever. <clears throat> your boy Joe Burrow, he, he had he had five. I ain't gonna lie, he had five before. Yeah, four. Patrick Mahomes had five and six. Uh, but uh Tua's, Tua put himself on the map this week, and I will tell you this. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you wholeheartedly. None of this matters. None of this matters if they soil themselves against the, Buffalo, against the Buffalo Bills this week. None of it matters. So so all that, and finally, at the very end, <laughs> you, you, you try to be objective. So all that cheerleading talk at the first – 10 minutes, that's soliloquy that you just spilled. And then you try to be objective at the end. Oh. I feel like I was objective the whole entire time. You know, I, I felt like, you know, like, look, the, the Dolphins finally surrounded Tua with weapons he needs and an offense that he needs. This is Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel, uh, an offensive-minded coach, very far from the don't commit the uh, turnovers and just play defense, Brian Flores scheme that the Dolphins were playing the last two years. It's good to see Tua have more air yard touchdowns, more touchdowns through the air through two games than he had in his first two seasons. That's because of scheme and confidence in your coach. Um, and it's just nice to see the Dolphins successful, man. We talk about the Dolphins so negatively on this podcast because of things outside of the football field. I'm going to milk this week. I'm going to milk this week. I don't know how many more weeks we're going to have like this, Tyler. So, so just bear with me, man. Just yeah. bear with me. It's not going to be many weeks, but, you know, again, Good job for the Dolphins, but I, I'm also very disappointed in the Ravens. I mean, what kind of defense were they playing to? It looked like a cover two, but the safety wasn't over the top. Miscommunication with the cornerback. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle were just running wide open down the field. And nice. what do you think the Dolphins are going to do when they're down and time is running out? They're going to try to go deep. So you would think you would maybe play cover three, have a safety over the top, have multiple defenders over the top, but no, no, I, that's, I really that's still the, don't understand what the Baltimore Ravens were doing. That's that's the thing, Tyler. That's the thing. When you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as your receivers, the two fastest receivers in the NFL, uh, the fastest wide receiver duo perhaps in NFL history. Okay, this is what's going to happen to DBs and secondaries, Tyler. They're going to be they're going to be having nightmares before the games. Okay. Uh, are you done with this Dolphins talk? They are 2-0. 1-6, 2-0 Dolphins. Yes. 2-0 Dolphins. Let's go. All right. We're going to talk more about the Bills <laughs> and Dolphins matchup here later in this in this podcast. Don't worry. Tyler, right, let's keep it in Florida real quick. Let's go up to Tampa Bay and talk about Tom Brady. All right. A, little, a, lot, a lot of people are making a little bit uh, too much of this personal day that he's getting on Wednesdays where he's just not going to practice, have a veteran rest day. Uh, but the uphill climb for Tom Brady has continued, okay? We know about his troubles at home that have been reported widely. We know about the offensive line injuries that they've sustained during training camp. Uh, Chris Godwin and and uh, <clears throat> Julio Jones were limited, did not play in week two. And now, heading into week three, a really, really big matchup. Uh, they're not going to have Mike Evans. They're not going to have their star receiver when uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers come to town. 
Uh, Tyler, we saw Brady throw his his tablet on the sidelines. I mean, when is Brady not doing that when he's frustrated during the game, <laughs> right? But uh, Tampa Bay is one of those 2-0 and teams here as well in the NFL, and uh, I'm not sure if that's going to last this week without Mike Evans. Well, first of all, I hate that Tom Brady's personal business has become public. I, I always uh, am a belief that somebody's personal business should say personal, so I, I hate that for Tom Brady and his family, but whatever. Um, on the football field. I mean, hold on, Tyler. Hold on, Tyler. Hold on, Tyler. Let's talk about that real quick. You, Tom you, Brady's the most famous quarterback no, in America. It doesn't matter. He's dating a supermodel who's known around the world. Everybody wants to know what these people are doing. This is celebrity news is is is, is, is what gets everybody gossip. going. It's gossip, back page, tabloid news. It's not something yeah. USA Today should report, ESPN. CNN and by large part we haven't we I, I don't have I don't see any stories on USA Today thank goodness about Tom Brady and marital issues I mean that's that's private life and I get it that Giselle is famous Tom Brady's famous and they have you know one of the high profile couples but I'm always of the belief that private life should stay private that's just me I know <laughs> there, there is Trust me, a lot of players, a lot of players would love to <laughs> to have you as their best reporter, man. Trust hey, me. Hey, that's just what how I'm always believe. But anyways, I, going back to the football field, which this yes. conversation should be, it, Tom Brady's three and one versus Aaron Rodgers, including last year's NFC Championship game. So he does have that going for him, and the Bucks have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. And, you know, when looking at the Bucks, Tom Brady gets all the praise and all the attention. But the way Todd Bowles has this defense is playing, that should command most of the attention because that's why the Bucks are winning games. They uh, turn the Saints over, I believe, five times in that win. And, you know, that's the recipe for the Bucks to be successful because, yes, Tom Brady might have some, you know, all-field issues. But I think, you know, watching him play – I'm starting to see for the first time that father time is kind of leaky in the door a little bit. Tom Brady does not. Finally? Uh, yes. Now, <laughs> before, you know, he's not, you know, the same quarterback as, you know, three, four, five years ago. But I'm even seeing it's more evident this year. Um, but when I look at the Packers, though, what are they going to do outside of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? I mean, Sammy Watkins doesn't scare anybody. Their young receivers uh, definitely need to step up. You know, I know they got Lazard, uh, but when I look at the Packers, they kind of win with defense, too, in their running game. And then Aaron Rodgers makes a few plays in here and there. I, I really like uh, this game. It's a very intriguing matchup, and not just because the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's because everything surrounding them, including their defense in a way the Packers like to play, is which now it looks like they want to establish the run with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and the Bucks, probably the best defense in the NFL right now. Yeah, the Packers is about time they established a run. I mean, they didn't <laughs> do it in week one against the Vikings and they lost in Minnesota. Um, but look, yes, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to ride Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, if you pick them up on your fantasy teams, that's going to be a good investment for you, uh, this year, but. Uh, like you said, you know, Christian Watson, the, the rookie, uh, you know, that they have. Sammy Watkins has not scared anybody for at least about, I mean, like almost like eight years now, really, right? Like he was really good in Clemson. Um, hasn't really translated over here at in the NFL level. Sorry, Sammy. Um, Alan Lazard came back and he scored a touchdown in that game last week against the Bears. But um, Aaron Rodgers seems like he is getting this chemistry with his receivers on the fly, right? Mm-hmm. Like training camp was enough. Yes, he was there. Um, I actually saw a criticism that, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't there for OTAs and offseason program. And, you know, what could have that done mm-hmm. for the Packers young receivers and their chemistry if they had a couple more practices, you know, to kind of build on. So they're not building in training camp. They were building during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the Packers offense is a step behind. I mean, that's not to say that Aaron Rodgers still can't do what Aaron Rodgers does. But like you said, Tyler, this Bucks defense is playing out of its mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that secondary. Uh, Vita Vea is probably one of my favorite players in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> you know, that linebacker group is a solid group, too. This is 
the Bucks have so much experience and so much turnover that, excuse me, not turnover. They have so much continuity on both sides of the football, right? That at the end of the day, injuries may happen and, and things like this. Like Tom Brady's going to get Mike Evans back. Chris Godwin is going to come back later this season. Julio Jones, excuse me, is going to come back later this season too. The Bucks' offense is going to get rolling, and maybe the defense just needs to hold it down for a little bit. But I'm not worried about the Bucks long term. I am kind of worried about them in the short term. I think Tom Brady kind of hates life right now <laughs> a little bit um, on the football field. On the football field, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, you could you could you take know? took it out multiple ways. <clears throat> but you look at the Bucks; they're going to have Aaron Rodgers in the uh, in the Packers this week. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to go face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm excited to see both these games. Look, you got Brady and Rodgers, two of the greatest quarterbacks of our time. They're going to face each other. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time versus the greatest quarterback right now. Uh, for all we know, this could be Brady's last games against Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we see everything kind of going on, uh, I think Brady and the Bucks are going to be must-see TV the next two weeks. Um, we'll see how Brady does without, you know, a bunch of weapons. I mean, let's let's not get it twisted. He, no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, no Julio Jones. I mean, that is stop him in New England. He still won Super Bowls in New England without those guys. He did have Gronk. Without any real receiver. They had, he had Gronk, he had Edelman, he had, you know, Wells Walker, a bunch of other guys. The, the Bucks just signed Cole Beasley. You know Tom Brady loves him, a white slot receiver. Let's not get it twisted there, Tyler. He loves a guy he can throw the ball to. <laughs> you know, we I'm not gonna you know, I am not gonna front here. You know, he Tom Brady's and Cole Beasley, they they haven't played together, but the chemistry must be off the chain. Yeah. All right. So I'm not worried about I'm not worried about the Bucks <laughs> here in the next two weeks. Uh they're gonna get Mike Evans back. Hopefully they get Godwin and Julio back for this game coming up, but uh I think Russell Gage is going to get the ball a lot, and Leonard Fournette's going to get the ball a lot too. Um, I'm excited to see the Bucks the next two weeks. Like I said, because of those matchups, man. Yeah, these are going to be exciting matchups, especially because the quarterbacks on the field. I know we're going to do our picks later, but I, I might have. I know Tom Brady's three and one against Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, Ooh. after Ooh. this week, he might have another L coming up. Ah. But I'll say I'll say that for the picks. I'll say that for the picks. Tyler, let's get into. Uh, we spoke about two, uh, a couple two and zero teams. Let's talk about the zero and two teams, man. There's five of them right now. Um, right now, the Carolina Panthers doesn't look good for Matt Rule. Atlanta Falcons, they they feel like they're going to push through at some point. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders did not expect them to be zero and two with Devontae Adams this year. Uh, the Tennessee Titans lost AJ Brown and they're losing games. They don't look great. But, uh, Tyler, the team I'm most disgusted with right now after two weeks are the Cincinnati Bengals. I cannot believe they're 0-2. I cannot believe they were down 17-3 to the Steelers in week one and down 17-3 to the Dallas Cowboys back of quarterback (laughs) Cooper Rush. Yeah. All right? I'm disgusted with the Cincinnati Bengals right now, Tyler. Disgusted. How do you go to the AFC title game? Beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs twice last year. Mm-hmm. You fall short literally like with four minutes left in the Super Bowl. And you start this season. Joe Burrow was on his back 13 times. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is, needs a little bit more time. I'm going to give him that. But you can't lose like that how you did to the Steelers where you had so many opportunities to beat them. Okay. So I'm going to call out three teams. The first team is going to be the Titans. And I'm, I'm just calling them out because I predicted this. Remember our, the biggest disappointments? <laughs> I predict. I said the Titans, they're not going to be good. And Ryan Tannehill needs to start packing his bags. And <laughs> Malik Willis got some snaps. It, it's coming. Hey, it's I coming. Mean, it, was it, it, it was garbage time. It was garbage time. It's not like he was benched. It's yeah. not like he was benched. Yeah. It was garbage time. Oh, it was real garbage time, too. It was garbage of the garbage time in that game. 41-7. to <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But I, I, I knew – after Ryan Tannehill's last game last year in the playoffs, I, I just I saw enough, and you saw you've seen enough too from his days in Miami. Um, then I had, of course, the Bengals. Why do you think I'm so happy about two with Tyler? <laughs> Why do you think I'm so happy? <laughs> and let's just keep yes, it a buck. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I do agree with you on the Bengals. But again, we both predicted this. The Bengals. I, I'm not too worried about them. Uh, one, because they have the Jets coming up, and I think that should be 
a, a win, but they, they did lose to the Jets last year, which I they lost really bad to the Jets last year. So I, I, I am a l- slightly worried, but not 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 too much. I think the Bengals get a win this week, but you know this is a young football team, and they still have to get used to you know getting everybody's best shot every single week. And we talked about this before the season, and it's happening right before our eyes. And very early, too, because the beginning of the season for them, it looked like uh, uh, soft. It looked like cupcake games against the Steelers with Mitch Trubinsky and that offense trying to figure themselves out. You get a loss and then losing to Cooper Rush. Cooper what? (laughs) The backup quarterback. And I I said the Ravens uh, made Tua look like Dan Marino. Well, the Bengals look, made Micah Parsons look like Lawrence Taylor. Now I'm seeing Lawrence Taylor's name fly all the over the place. <laughs> Micah Parsons, next Lawrence. I'm like, come on, slow down. Come on, guys. Pump come the brakes. Have you seen Lawrence Taylor's tape? But that's the Bengals made Micah Parsons look like Lawrence Taylor. And then the third team that I have to call out, the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I knew they were going to lose to the Chargers, but how are you going to lose – at home <laughs> to an Arizona Cardinals team without DeAndre Hopkins. And they gave up a 20-point lead, the largest uh, uh, come-from-behind victory that the Raiders surrendered in franchise history. Like, Raiders, come on. And the way that they lost, it was like a, a disaster waiting to happen. It a was. fumble it really at was. the end of the game, and it looked like slow motion. Like, they picked up the ball, and it was like slow motion running to the end zone. It was just hilarious. It was, <laughs> it was a hilarious loss. Uh, for the Raiders, but I know Raiders fans have to be uh, very upset, very upset. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels, the new Raiders coach, they they collectively didn't think they'd be 0-2. Yeah. I think they'd probably be maybe 1-1. One one. Um, obviously, 2-0 was down the pitcher. Uh, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray scored a three-yard touchdown with no time remaining, right? Then they get a two-point conversion as well, too, late in that game. Yes, they yeah, did A.J. A.J. Green. AJ Green, Green. vintage AJ Green. If I, I mean, for the few catches, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that uh, the fumble return, man, a fumble return. The Raiders are rolling on offense, and they had a fumble return returned against them uh, to win to lose that game. So uh, the Raiders got the Titans coming up this week, Tyler. I think it's a good chance for the Raiders to get on the win column. Yeah. I think it's a really good chance for that. <laughs> uh, I, I think so too, but you never know. You never know. Maybe the Titans uh, will play uh, Malik Willis. Uh, Probably not start him, but maybe second half and he goes on a massive comeback. Because, you know, the Raiders are known for blowing a big lead. So, who knows? <laughs> let's, uh, real quick, let's let's uh, let's touch a little base on, on the uh, NFC South real quick. The Falcons, Panthers, 0-2. Uh, one of these coaches looks like they're going to lose their job more than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of these teams. I'm just going to say it. Can, can Kyle Pitts get the football, please? Can Kyle Pitts <laughs> please your get fantasy the football? Team? Two catches, two weeks in a row. He's supposed to be this all-world tight end. Marcus Mariota threw the ball so much to Delaney Walker. Why can't he throw the ball to Kyle Pitts? I just had to get off my chest. Tyler. So he's on your fantasy team. That's what you're telling us. I ain't, I ain't going to lie to you guys. Yeah, he is. You should he have is. Drake London. Drake London's having a pretty good uh, start to his rookie season. Listen, I will tell you catch. this. I will tell you this. The Falcons, they lost to the uh, Rams last week. And... First game, they lost to the Saints by one point. I think they might break through. I think they might break through for a win here in Seattle. I think they might be due. I think they're working a little too hard here and uh, not really remembering the prize that is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or one of these other quarterbacks coming in the top couple picks in the draft. Like, I think the Falcons might mess that up. You know, they don't know how to tank correctly. Uh, They are playing really well um, in their losses, but – the Carolina Panthers, they don't look good at all, Tyler. It's not Baker Mayfield's fault. I think uh, Matt Rule's days are numbered with the Carolina Panthers. He's probably going to be the first coach fired during this season unless the Panthers just ride it out and want to have another coaching search later on. Or you want to tell Sean Payton, hey, look at what we got in Carolina. It's not much, but look what we got in Carolina. Um, I'm not looking forward to seeing what happens with the Panthers the rest of the season. So with the Panthers, Baker Mayfield deserves some blame now. Now, I know Matt Rule is on the hottest of hot seats, but Baker Mayfield, he's the quarterback we thought he was <laughs> in Cleveland, and he's turning out that way in Carolina, too. He's just not a great quarterback. He's mediocre. And then the Atlanta Falcons, you talk about them 
not trying to tank or messing up on their tank. I don't think that the Falcons can try to tank because they're just soft and they're bad anyways. So <laughs> they're going to lose no matter what. Even if they try to win, they're not talented. So they're just going to lose. Oh, they say they're not talented. I mean, they one point against the Saints, they almost came back against the Rams. Almost. Almost. It's, I'm proud of them for trying hard and competing, but they're just not a talented football team. And, That's kind of what you want. That's and, kind of what you want when you're a tanking team. And at the end of the day, they're going to have one of these top draft picks, and they're going to get one of these uh, upper echelon quarterbacks who we think is going to be uh, pretty good in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, the, the NFC South, those two teams, it's the Bucks, the Saints, and then way, way, way below <laughs> the Falcons and the Panthers. I wanted to ask you a question specifically here. Uh, what team impressed you the most after week two? So you can think about the first two weeks of the season. You could think about a team that lost and won last week. You can think about a team that, you know, maybe lost but still impressed you. What, what, coming away from week two, what, what's the team that impressed you after their performance? <laughs> I'm going to shock both you and producer Emily, but I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs again. Oh wow! I'm gonna shocker, pick the again. A shocker! I sh- play it again, producer. I mean, play it again, producer. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. I only, I only <laughs> say that because I am surprised that you know Patrick Mahomes has seven touchdown passes, no interceptions, and he's looked probably better than he's looked you know to start the season before, and he's without Tyree Kill. The yep. Chiefs' offense, he's thrown. Th- to nine different targets in each of their uh, uh, wins. So I, I'm impressed the way the Chiefs have reconstructed their offense without a legit home run threat each and every week. So I'll say the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Juju Smith-Schuster get the ball, please? Can Juju, sh- 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 can Juju Smith-Schuster get, get the ball, please? He gets the please. ball every now and then, but they spread it around. <laughs> They had like around. two or three catches, man. Two or three catches. That's the way it's going to be. And we too. Patrick Mahomes did say way. sorry to fantasy owners. Every receiver is going to, you know, get yeah. their piece of the pie. Yeah, no, no. I should have <laughs> listened to Pat Mahomes. Um, real quick on Justin real, real quick on Justin Herbert, Tyler, uh, the ribs injury um, that he sustained during that Chiefs game on Thursday night last week. Um, it, it was incredible to see Justin Herbert not want to run for a first down because he didn't have it in him. He only needs to run like a couple feet forward, just threw the ball down, and then the next play he guns a 35-foot 30, pass into the five-yard line to his receiver. Um, you gave I, Justin I, I Herbert applaud, a shout-out. Wow. I I applaud your favorite, your second favorite quarterback, Justin Herbert, um, for uh, the fortitude that he showed during that game last week. I think everybody was – he knew everybody was watching him in that moment to see how he would react to coming out the game – responding to pain, um, getting tackled again, getting sacked essentially uh, his first play out back after he got hurt the first time. And then for him to respond with a touchdown to help out some betters out there, uh, you know, hit the, hit the, um, hit the spread. If you had uh, the, the plus three there, but um, I'm, I'm not worried about Justin Herbert and the chargers. I think this ribs injury is something he could play through. Um, but I also do say that, I, you know, I think Justin Herbert could be one hit away as well. Um, you know, from, from maybe missing some significant time if his injury does worsen. Well, that offensive line definitely needs to play a little bit better, especially on the right side. That's where the Chargers are weak. But even in the loss, I will say the Chargers are who we expected them to be. They look like a legit playoff contender uh, this year. And they were without Keenan Allen. A lot of people forget that. They were without their best receiver and were – Uh, an interception away from winning that football game in Kansas City against a team that's won the AFC West six straight seasons in a row. Uh, The team that most impressed me after uh, week two, Tyler, was uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to the Philadelphia Eagles as well, man. Monday night football win, Jalen Hurts. um, You know, shout-out to him uh, for beating the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, we all know Kirk Cousins, like, isn't good in prime time. He's like two and 10 in all prime time <laughs> games. Um, but that's not a knock on, uh, on, on, on what the, the Eagles accomplished uh, on Monday night. Um, Jalen Hurts, I saw him in joint practices, uh, you know, here with the Dolphins in Miami during the preseason. And 
Um, one of the things that the Eagles coach, Nick Sirianni, said was Jalen Hurts is in complete command of the offense. He knows a little bit. He feels so much more comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows where everybody's going to be. Um, you saw it even during the game, first play, uh, first drive, first touchdown that he scored. He got down to the five-yard line, and he called his own number for a run into the end zone. Um, it's really great to see a quarterback like Jalen Hurts um, having command of his offense, having a weapon like A.J. Brown to use, um, being able to get out to a big lead on uh, at home, at home especially, where even some of his fans, the most diehard fans in America, in Philadelphia, maybe don't have belief in him. Um, I was really happy to see Jalen Hurts come through in the Eagles uh, 2-0. Eagles are 2-0? 2-0, yeah. I think uh, we have to give a shout-out to both the winners on Monday night because the Bills look like world beaters. They definitely look like the best team in the NFL. But back to uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm very impressed to see his improvement from his first season until now because it's evident the way that he you know, has improved in the pocket. He's more poised. He's more patient and just has a total command of the offense and he doesn't get rattled. And that's attributed to, you know, his work in the offseason because he really put in the work to become a better quarterback. And you see it on the field. So, you know, it's really a pleasure to see somebody who, you know, didn't have a whole lot of expectations getting drafted. You know, they knew that maybe he could be a starting quarterback with kind of a middle tier quarterback. But now he's playing like he could be a pro bowler this year. And so I'm really proud of just to see his improvement from year one until now. So we are introducing a new segment, a reoccurring segment this season to the podcast. We're calling it Boom or Bust Watch. Now, if you play fantasy football, if you're in the sports realm whatsoever, I think you understand what Boom or Bust means. But just a quick refresher, a boom is obviously someone who overperforms, a bust is someone who's underperforming. So I wanted to take, you know, four statements that I think could be a little controversial. Some of these are a little lukewarm, but some of them are controversial and put them to our NFL insiders, whether they think this is a boom or bust prediction. All right. So the first topic, we're going to talk about Mr. Jimmy Model Citizen Garoppolo. (laughs) Just when you need him, he's there. There was a little bit of uh, controversy when the 49ers were not able to move on Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously this offseason, giving him a paycheck that made him the highest paid second string quarterback in the league. Well, turns out that worked out pretty well for them because their second year starter, Trey Lance, went down with an injury in the first quarter of the game over the weekend, diagnosed with a season-ending broken right ankle. Jimmy Garoppolo will lead the 49ers into the playoffs, letting people say, Trey Lance who? Safed, is this a boom or bust prediction? uh, Trey Lance who? Maybe not for um, Kyle Shanahan in 49ers leadership who drafted Trey Lance number three overall. But I'm going to boom this one. I'm going to boom this one. Um, Look, we all know what Jimmy G has done for these 49ers teams. Super Bowl in 2020, NFC title game last year. But also, I just want to say, Tyler, this is the most awkward quarterback situation, <laughs> maybe in like the history of football, right? <laughs> they're trying to dump Jimmy G. They try to trade him. Then they're like reconciled. And now, oh, man, hey, we need you again now. This is so awkward, Tyler. It, it, it is awkward. I'm going to say boom, too, but I'm not going to go as far as 49ers and Kyle Shanahan saying Trey Lance who. I do think the 49ers, especially that coaching staff, still believes in Trey Lance. Um, but you can see that at the start of the season, uh, they were just banking on that he was going to grow into his potential uh, later on in the season. But he's still a very raw quarterback. He only played one full college season and now only played a couple of NFL games before he got hurt. So you do feel for him and his uh, development as a quarterback. But Jimmy G, the 49ers have a Super Bowl talented roster, and I think he's going to lead them to the playoffs. If anything, this is a great runway for Jimmy G to make his case. It's a one-year contract that he has, so he's just getting a little bit more of that buffer, reeling in some more of that cash when he eventually does move on from the team. All right, let's move on. We're going to go on to Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Justin Jefferson had a fantastic opening weekend against the 
Green Bay Packers. He had nine receptions, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. Plenty of hype going into the Monday night game against the Eagles where Darius Slay, he slayed. That's all he did. He intercepted twice and limited Justin Jefferson to six receptions for 48 yards against the Eagles in Minnesota's loss on Monday night. So obviously we're going to overreact a little bit here. Justin Jefferson will bounce back after his poor showing against the Eagles. Is this a boom or bust, Tyler? I think it's a boom. He has the most receiving yards by any player in his first two seasons. Yes, he played bad and the loss. Uh, last week, 48 receiving yards, but he'll bounce back. I got a boom. I got a boom as well, but I have to say, I did not expect Darius Slay to shut him down like that last week. It was um, more than Darius Slay. Of, <laughs> it, it was Kirk Cousins, too. It was Kirk Cousins, too, yes. <laughs> but um, Darius Slay was really prepared for Justin Jefferson. There were so many times where uh, Justin Jefferson is supposed to run up route and kind of insinuate that he's running a go route and then turn around and sit down and wait for the pass. Darius Slay was all over him, waiting for everything. Um, this is a cornerback who was ready for his wide receiver matchup. And I think a lot of other cornerbacks can look at this film and maybe see how to slow Justin Jefferson down. But uh, I think some other people are not going to be able to. I think this is a boom. He's going to be back. All right. I'm not going as controversial as I thought I was. I will add, I feel I feel a little bit bad for Justin Jefferson because his coach, Kevin O'Connell, came out after the first quarter and said that it was a perfect matchup against Slay. Yes, he was being able to figure out Jefferson, but it was a great matchup and a great test. I don't know if he feels the same way now, but you uh, you hate to see it. All right, so let's let's move on to some quarterback talk, and we'll, we'll talk about one of the favorite divisions of uh, Tyler Drag, and we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they're not <laughs> terrible. They're not terrible. They're one and one. They had that win against the Bengals in overtime in the first game of the season, but then they fell to the Pats 17-14 in week two. Mitch Trubisky, very middle of the road. He went 21 for 38 and 194 yards and one touchdown against the Bengals and 21 for 33 with 168 yards, one touchdown and one interception against the Patriots. Now you have a star talent sitting on your bench. Yes, he's a rookie. But boomer bust, Kenny Pickett will start over Mitch Trubisky for the Steelers this weekend, or should start, because we can't make the decision for uh, Mike Tomlin. Wait, producer Emily, who's the star player you're talking about again? Right, I was asking. Is that you talking about TJ Watt? Uh, TJ Watt can't play quarterback. I don't think there's a star at quarterback, producer Emily. I thought she was uh, talking about bust. Terry Bradshaw or somebody coming back. Or, uh, uh, 20 years get younger, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say uh, this is a bust topic right here, producer Emily. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I Look, I saw Mitch uh, Trubisky's highlights from the last game. I saw a little bit more of the 21 passes he completed than the, than the 12 that he did not complete. Um, and they looked okay. They looked good. He looks like a quarterback that can kind of – you know, make the help the Steelers offense at least move the football up the field. Um, but I think Mike Tomlin is going to stick with the veteran right now before he puts Kenny Pickett into the fire. I hate to do it, but I do agree with you again, Soffit. However, I think that uh, Trubisky's leash is getting shorter and shorter and shorter by the week. And I do believe Kenny Pickett is going to start before the end of the season. I feel kind of sorry for the Steelers. They don't have a really good offensive line, but you got Najee Harris, one of the better running backs in the league. You got uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool. This is pretty good offense and pretty good talented players, but the quarterback play is just holding them back. Look, this is we need to disagree somehow. If you guys are going to agree with each other, I got to put statements out there so you disagree with me. We're going to go to this last one, and I'm I'm just I'm really I'm I'm setting the bait. And I'm hoping that someone takes it. But for this last one, it needs very little setup. The Dolphins are coming off of an incredible comeback win against the Ravens. And as we, as Tyler mentioned, Buffalo Bills are looking like world beaters. So boom or bust, the Dolphins will upset the high-flying Buffalo Bills this weekend. Safed, go for it. You better say boom, boom Safed. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, look, the Buffalo Bills are playing amazing football right now. I cannot believe Ken Dorsey has this offense rolling like he does in Buffalo. 
Um, it's just a great uh, job, coaching job by Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier as well, the D coordinator, head coach, offense, all of that. Josh Allen's playing out of his mind. Stephon Diggs is playing out of his mind. Um, I'm going with the Dolphins at this one, Tyler. I'm picking the upset here. Listen, if there's anybody that scares the Buffalo Bills like Patrick Mahomes does, it's Tyreek Hill. Nobody's more scared of Tyreek Hill than the Buffalo Bills, Tyler. Uh, Tyreek, this is the reason the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill. It's because what they saw him do for the Chiefs against the Bills in the playoffs the last two years. Buffalo's DB, the secondary, they don't want to see Tyreek Hill this week. I got Dolphins over the Bills, 33-30, Tyler, 33-30. You should have really uh, worn your Dolphins jersey for this podcast because the Dolphins fandom is just at an all-time high. It's not, it's not, it's not the dry cleaner, right man. Now. It's the dry cleaner. Yeah, right? I, I bet it is. Uh, it, a bust. We're going to disagree on this. I have the Dolphins losing. I have them losing by at least seven points. And I'll go as far as to say this. The Dolphins aren't not only going to lose this week, they're going to lose next week too. They're going to lose two straight games. What? They're going to lose to the Bills, and then they're wow. going to lose to the Bengals next week. So the losing streak for the Miami Dolphins starts Sunday, and then they're going to lose wow. to the Bengals. Two-game losing Pretty streak, sure. and all that Tua hoopla is going to go down the drain. Are you happy? Producer I am. I'm very now? proud of you for sticking with your ways and, and predicting that. And you know what? It could be a big payoff. It could be a trap game. It could. I mean, 2-0 is not a team that I think the Buffalo Bills are going to overlook, but could be a little bit of a trap game. We'll see. If the Dolphins win uh, next week, I'm going to be sick for the podcast. Uh, the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to call out sick. Tyler, you might be sick all season, man. <laughs> you might be sick all season, Tyler. <laughs> you might have to call out the next week, too. Can the Bengals are horrible. The Bengals are horrible. Which one be, was that? Gonna, gonna, I missed gonna, that one. Yeah, I missed that one, too. It sounded like somebody else, but not me. But Can y'all calm down? <laughs> that was you, Tyler. That's that you again. Me. Why does producer Emily love taking your voice and just Put it up, producer. I mean, please play the hits right now. Please play oh, all the my hits. Oh my goodness! I got I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Oh my! And the base better than that way. Oh, oh it's better Can than that. Can y'all calm down, Brad? What? <laughs> this is so bad. It's so oh, great. It. It's so great. We love, we love the inside jokes here on It's a Football Podcast. I hope you guys have been tuning in and listening and following along with us as well as we uh, love to make fun of everything that Tyler says. That's fine. I'm right most of the time. I'm going to say that. I was wrong last week. Yes, the Dolphins won, but I'm going to be right this week. All right, let's get to some picks. Again, I must be doing these half asleep because I made a mistake, and I don't need to come forward with it, but I will. We did that bonus round Miami versus Baltimore game. Two points that would be tacked on at the end of the season, and I'd switched up the winners and losers, but we do have Safed collecting a much-needed two-point bonus because we're tied in the standings here for picking Miami over Tyler's pick of Baltimore. All right, and I don't want to hear anything about not getting to pick the Miami game this week. We're not picking it. We got to talk about it last segment, so let's get into it. We're going to start off Thursday night like we normally do, 8.15 p.m., Steelers at Browns. Safed, what do you have in this game? Uh, Tyler, I don't. TJ Watt's gone, and the Steelers' pass rush is also gone. It's non-existent. Um, they could not get any pressure on Mac Jones last week. I was surprised after seeing Mac Jones uh, and that Patriots offense um, not look great against the Dolphins in Week One. Um, I'm going to take the Browns in this one. I got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running wild on, on the Steelers. They don't have no pass rush. I'm not scared of that defense anymore. The Browns disappointed me too last week and how they collapsed against Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. Uh, but I got to pick them to win this week. I think they rebound against the Steelers team that just can't get anything going offensively. And like you said, without TJ Watt, that defense really doesn't scare anybody. I got the Browns. All right, let's move on to Sunday with the 1 p.m. game. The Raiders at the Titans. Both teams need a rebound. The Raiders getting that unexpected loss at home. And the Titans, well, we saw what happened to the Titans. Tyler, who do you have in this game? So the loser of this game can officially push the panic button. And I say that because 
the Raiders are not going to win the AFC West if they start off 0-3, especially with the Chiefs and the Chargers. And the Titans, yes, the AFC South isn't that good, but you're talking about a team that was first in the AFC last year. Um, but I'm picking the Raiders to win and them getting uh, off the snide and one to, to one and two overall. You saw what Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen just did to the Titans yeah. on Monday Night Football? He's still catching what do you think Adams. What do you think Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are going to do to them this week? Um, look, I think Ryan Tannehill's time is taking. I think it might be Malik Willis' time there. But also, you know, the receivers on the Titans are not talented enough. It's easy to load the box on Derrick Henry and, and, and allow Ryan Tannehill to, to, you know, win the game for you if you're the opposing team. I got the Raiders in this one as well, Tyler. All right, I am going to justify this one. I understand that this game is not going to be fun to watch. But I put it on here because I think it is a little evenly matched, and I was hoping you guys would pick opposite. But we'll see. A little, a little evenly matched. <laughs> We've got the 425 p.m. game, Falcons at the Seahawks. The 0-2 Falcons at the 1-1 Seahawks. Safed, <laughs> first of all, are you going to watch this game? <laughs> Tyler is so pissed that we are picking this game. Why are we picking Actually, this game? I'm really excited that we picked this game. Tyler, we got to show – producer Emily is right. We got to show love to the garbage teams. We talked about the Falcons. We talked about the Panthers. We talked about the Titans. Shout out to all these teams. We talked about the Bengals. They've been bad this year too. We All, all the Raiders. We talked about all the bad teams. We got to show them all love, Tyler. I'm going to surprise my – I'm going for the Falcons this, one, this week. I'm going to take the Falcons against Seattle – um, even on the road, I think they played some really close games the first two weeks. I th- two weeks, and I think they will break through against the Seahawks. <sighs> this is a tough one, but I'm going to pull a soffit. I pick the Seahawks to win in our USA Today poll, but I'm going to pick the Falcons to win this week. You, you can't be doing this, Tyler. Pull, pull, you can't be doing this. I'm pulling the soffit. Do- and I that, only say a, that. That's a Tyler move, by the way. It's no, a that, that's a soffit move. That's a soffit move. Pretty sure. Uh, you, you, did, you did start it. You did because you went New England on our podcast yeah, in Miami them, and the picks. Yeah, I have no recollection. Family. I have oh, no recollection. Okay. We'll, we'll get the tape. Don't worry. We'll get the tapes. All right. Let's move on to the Packers, who are still trying to find their footing. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, yes, they're 2-0, and but Tom Brady has only thrown two touchdown passes in the first two weeks of the season. Maybe this Wednesday off day that he's getting will help out, but uh, we'll have to see. We're looking at the 425 p.m. game, Packers at the Buccaneers. Safet, who do you have? I got the Packers in this one. I got the Packers in this one. Represent Florida. I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to bet against Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, producer Emily. Exactly. Look, I don't like this game for Tom Brady without Mike Evans. Um, I know Cole Beasley's going to come in and it's going to be seamless for those two guys. But um, I, you know, Chris Godwin hurt, Julio Jones hurt, Russell Gage, uh, you know, Perriman. There, not not too many uh, healthy receivers for Tom Brady this week. Leonard Fournette's going to have a good game, but. I think Brady might might have the better win in this game in this one. I'm picking the Packers. You, producer Emily, and me can probably suit up for the Bucks this weekend at receiver. We're and, we're already wearing red. Yeah, yeah we're already wearing red. Producer Emily's probably wearing red too. Um, you know, we will be able to catch passes for Tom Brady, and maybe he wanted you know break a tablet, throw a tablet down. He's three and one, as I said before, versus uh, Aaron Rodgers. But this week, the Packers are going to win. The receiving corpse is depleted for, for the Bucs. He has nobody to throw to. Packers win. All right, and then the final game we're going to go to Monday night football. We're going at 8.20 p.m. Cowboys at the Giants. Obviously, the Cowboys still finding out life without Dax Prescott, though it's going okay for now. And the Giants, who are somehow 2-0, eking out that first week win against the Titans and taking care of the Panthers last week. So I'm going to go Tyler. Tyler, who do you have in the Cowboys at the Giants? This is a sneaky good game. I don't think the Giants for yeah, who? Because I what? the Giants are two and zero, and the Cowboys obviously one and one. I don't think either team is really good. But when you have two lower tier teams battling, it makes for a pretty good game, kind of like the Seahawks and the Falcons. Um, I do have the Giants going to three and zero. The Cowboys. 
if they can unleash Micah Parsons, they definitely have a chance, but I got the Giants winning at home. Tyler, are we going to pick every game the same this week? No, you're going to pick the Cowboys. And... No, you're I'm not pick Cooper the Cowboys. Rush. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush on the road? Nah, Cooper Rush can get – I think you could beat the Bengals. I don't know about the New York football Giants. Okay, look, Brian Dable's 2-0, and and it's not somehow. They're squeezing out some close wins here. These are the type of games that the Giants have won or, like, the games that you kind of get to hope to get over the hump when you're a first-time head coach. He's already 2-0. and Daniel Jones looks okay. Saquon Barkley looks great. Um, and I have no idea how he's doing it without Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, like not even in the mix offensively. Like um, that's a surprise as well, too. Um, I'm going to pick the Giants. And I'm sorry, producer Emily, that we went five for five. Same picks. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to give, give me the books. Give me the books. Give me the books. I'll take the books. Well, the t- the we can do the tiebreak Miami and Buffalo. Yeah, that's already going to be a tie break, too. So I'm going to have that. Okay. And then I'm going to go 5-0 and against you this week because now I just picked to the books. Okay, that's fine. We'll figure out our picks, How who's picking them, who's picking what, who's sticking to their picks. And we're going to see if we can <laughs> – what was that, Tyler? No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what you got to say? Say I'm, the I'm floor just, is yours. I'm, I'm trying to, to strategize. You know, I'm trying to strategize. You trying to strategize? <laughs> All right, next time, the, next time we do the podcast, Tyler, please don't pick the same games. I'm picking. All right, don't pick the same teams. I'm picking. That's uh, a good I'm gonna, strategy. I'm gonna, for you. I'm gonna try not to. But the good thing is, I did pick the Bills, and you picked the Dolphins, and the Bills are gonna win. So I'm gonna be one up on you. Uh, You'll be all right. I hope you're sick next week, Tyler. Thanks again, guys, for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Savadine. That's Tyler Dragon. We also have producer Emily in the mix here. We're your team on It's a Football Podcast, and we are here with you guys all season long at USA Today Sports. If you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and your Google Play for all your favorite news and updates on all your favorite sports teams. Check us out, and we'll see you again next week. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app where the biggest fans fan harder. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.